Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. This podcast is entitled Against Love. And you might say, why would anyone be against love? And this is a kind of a philosophical deep dive with some some kind of crazy thoughts and some anecdotes that I've got on this topic. I hope that if you like it, that you'll share it and maybe leave me a comment wherever you're listening to this or over on my website, LimitlessMindset.com. Yesterday, someone reminded me of a thing I once said, which was, I don't believe in love, which might sound terrible or ridiculously nihilistic. Sometimes I intellectually have a deer-in-the-headlights moment when confronted with how my opinions and outlook on life have changed over time. We were slightly different people a year ago, and we certainly were five or ten years ago. In the last year, I've experienced greater depths of and previously unknown dimensions of love. Yet, I resisted the temptation to just respond, I was wrong. I now believe in love. When I said that I don't believe in love, I was grasping at a more nuanced point, which is that love is a poor word to describe a very complicated aspect of human psychology and motivation that has both light and dark sides. Fundamentally, love is a phenomenon of evolutionary psychology. It's easy to think of how love is evolutionarily useful and would result in one's genes thriving and surviving. For example, love motivates us to invest heavily in our offspring, spending countless sleepless nights and the majority of our income and precious resource on these cantankerous, greedy little human beings that are so often a totally unintentional side effect of an inglorious, sweaty moment of adult hedonism. Love inspires us to serve one another in a selfless and not clearly beneficial way to serve a purpose greater than ourselves, to uplift our community, to build something that will outlast us. Love seems to tame the unruliness of youth. Love for one's child or spouse transforms the wildest, self-centered, and impetuous of young men into socialized and productive members of society. Love inspires soldiers to live a life of arduous sacrifices, leading up to and maybe including the ultimate sacrifice for their nation, their people, their leader, or their cause. Love is an expression of what Vladimir P. Skolachev called phenoptosis. There was a really interesting paper 
on this that I read. Probably not a lot of people will read this really interesting uh, theory on on genes and what a lot of people might call kin selection that actually I I went in depth on in my work on the SKQ1 anti-aging molecule. <laughs> Anyways, our selfish genes are not chiefly concerned with our well-being. That's actually a good point. I'd like you to remember it. Our selfish genes are not chiefly concerned with our well-being. They really want us to reproduce as early and often as possible, but they ultimately want us to get out of the way of genetic progress. They seem to intentionally poison us with various diseases of aging, and they have programmed us with an unwavering martyr complex that motivates us to suicidally give up our own lives for the greater good of our tribe. Love is a spectrum. It's an umbrella concept that motivates a very wide range of human behavior, not all good. In fact, a feeling of love can result in some incredibly selfish and destructive behavior. The problem I have with love, quote-unquote love, is that it's universally held in very high esteem and universally thought of as good. In fact, most people probably regard love as the most good thing. I blame pop culture mostly for this. The lyrics of most of the songs that we listen to and the themes of most of the movies that play on the silver screen reinforce this idiotic idea that doing whatever feels right in the moment results in true love and love always results in a happy and meaningful life or experience or adventure. In the fictional Star Wars universe, the characters respect the power of the Force, yet they understand that the Force has a light side and a dark side. The Force is not something to be toyed with. It's a skill that should be learned from a master and practiced with discipline. I think that's more of how we should see love. A force for great good, but also a dangerous force of destruction. Okay, story time. I had just arrived in Barcelona, Spain. I was tired from a day of traveling, and I didn't know anybody in Barcelona, but it was my first night in Barcelona. So, of course, I wasn't going to spend it, uh, you know, just lying around in bed, catching up on sleep. I was going to go out and hit the town. I, va I ventured out into the Gothic district and visited a few bars and made a few friends. As I strolled over the cobblestones through the darkened streets, a scantily and skankily clad black Spanish woman grabbed my elbow rather Firmly, if you like 
black women, you might be surprised <laughs> to find out that you can find quite sexy black Spanish women on the southeastern side of Spain. She held on to me and repeated insistently, Bebe, te amo, te quiero, te amo, vamos. Not particularly interested in hiring a hooker, I responded, no, gracias. Rejected, she stormed off into the night and called me a maricón, which is Spanish for faggot. <laughs> Isn't it something that this working girl began her very indecent proposal by telling me, Bebe, te amo. Baby, I love you. And, of course, you might say, that's not real love. That's just very transactional sex. To her, you're just a walking dollar sign or euro sign with a penis attached to it. Yeah, but who are you to define love or prostitution. Are sex and love not inextricably intertwined? Isn't love subjective? And don't we all ultimately pay one way or another for love and sex? Why not just make things uncomplicated and just pay directly for it? So the hooker uses the word love when she seduces a lonely, desperate man because she knows that it invokes a deeper longing for companionship. Hopefully, not a lot of us would be fooled into believing that a hooker loves us, but how many close friends and loved ones have you known that made idiotic, self-destructive, and expensive decisions because they were in love? The four-letter L word, is a language psychology persuasion hack. The player, or womanizer, uses it when he promises a naive girl that they have a future together after just a couple of dates. There sure are a lot of songs and movies about how love makes us crazy and silly, but very few that prescribe a disciplined and respectful approach to yielding this powerful force. Okay, I'm now going to tell you about the dancing couple. I'll share another story about love that I've been contemplating for a while. And you might not want to listen to this if you've just eaten or if you're uh, sensitive. Trigger warning. <laughs> It comes from a very well-educated Croatian man who lived through the breakup of Yugoslavia in the 1990s. The educated Croatian man was serving as an English interpreter between the UN conflict monitors and the Croatian militia. At a particularly hot point in the conflict, the guy has to choose between a helicopter ride back to a safe zone and marching off into the woods with a tough bunch of his fellow Croatians. And he goes with his countryman. After a long hike, they come to a clearing in the forest where the Croatians are holding three Bosnian Muslim 
prisoners, a father and his two sons. The Croatians had found the Bosnian brothers guilty beyond the shadow of a doubt of a heinous war crime. Apparently, the two brothers slaughtered a number of their Catholic neighbors in their town with AK-47s and stole their valuables. The Bosnians are badly beaten. Then the Croatian commander turns to the father and informs him that the last thing he's ever going to see is his sons dying. The son's two wrists are tied together. Then they are doused with gasoline and set on fire, and the brothers, bound together, writhe in the flames for a few horrific moments. The father is forced to watch this. Apparently, this is a very old Balkan punishment for a pair of criminals that do something really bad. And it's called the dancing couple. Fun, fun fact, right? After the father has just witnessed the worst thing a father can witness, the Croatian commander blames him for leading his sons astray. Then he burns out the father's eyes with a butane torch and they leave him in a very private living hell there in the clearing in the woods with the charred remains of his sons. The educated Croatian man, years later, explains this morbid episode to an American. He muses philosophically and prophetically. The problem with my people is that they are still too romantic to know the difference between proper justice and a punishment. But that is also the reason why we will still be around when your people are but a distant memory. And I heard this story a while ago, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around what the Croatian guy means by what he says. And I think this is kind of the idea. So he's saying that the Muslim prisoners received a romantic punishment. Proper civilized justice would be to just shoot the Muslims or try them in court for war crimes, I suppose. So he's saying that the raw emotions of vengeance and self-preservation are why Croatians will outlast us Americans. And I think he's implying that this tortuous execution is romantic. It's a crazy thing to try to wrap your head around. Again, here's what the Croatian guy said. The problem with my people is that they are still too romantic to know the difference between proper justice and a punishment. But that is also the reason why we will still be around when your people are but a distant memory. Anyways, mold that one over in your head and then drop me a line or a comment and let me know what, what you think it means. And it gets at this question of how love is this powerful psychological force we have deep within us that motivates 
beauty and also motivates great evil. I think if you had the opportunity to interview a warlord or dictator who presided over an atrocious, an atrocious genocide, I'm sure they'd tell you that they didn't prosecute the genocide out of hatred for the other. I'm sure that they would tell you that they did it out of love and devotion to their own people or cause. Interestingly, the neurotransmitter that floods our brains when we orgasm with a partner during sex and that makes us fall in love, oxytocin, is the same neurotransmitter that makes us racist or reinforces outgroup preference. And I'll quote from my book review of Think and Grow Rich. Love, romance, and sex are all emotions capable of driving men to heights of superachievement. Love is the emotion which serves as a safety valve and ensures balance, poise, and constructive effort. If you read this book, you know, Napoleon Hill talks about love quite a bit in the book, and it should be noted that the popular definition of love has changed a lot since this book was written. In the past, love was a word that signified an intense emotional commitment to something greater than oneself expressed through acts of service. Now, love just now in the current year, in the year 2019 or whenever the heck you're listening to this, Love just means this intoxicated feeling that you fall into and out of randomly, that makes you act stupid. It's this insatiable desire for someone or something that makes you irrational. It's this thing that people say to each other for our own emotional validation. I think modern day love really does more harm than Good. And I wish that we could replace this dumb word with the six Greek words for different types of love. There was eros, which is sexual passion, philia, which is deep friendship, ludus, which is playful, youthful love, agape, which is love for everyone in the whole world, pragma, which is long-standing, mature love, And the last one is philosia, which is love of the self. You know, that might be an interesting thing to bring up next time you're at a dinner party and you're discussing deep things, is these six different words for love that are are really quite different things and they manifest in different ways. And it's really a limitation of the English language that we just have this one silly word, isn't it? So you're asking, is there a smarter way to love? I think so. And I actually delved into some old books. I delved into some sources of ancient and often ignored uh, wisdom and knowledge to get some ideas out of the past about this. And that forms a chapter of my book. And that chapter of my book is called, I Was Promised a Sex Slave. Yes, this is a politically incorrect Uh, piece of writing. It goes deeper on this subject. And I do hope that you will pick up my book 
or at least go and find that article if this is uh, something that has piqued your curiosity. Yes, again, it was called I Was Promised a Sex Slave, and I'll have it linked below wherever you're listening to this podcast. Well, crazy topic, right? Everyone's got a take on love, and that's mine. So I am Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and I look forward to a continued conversation with you.